Hey guys, Eric Lindine here. I'm the lead pastor of Mosaic Church in Maple Grove, Minnesota. Welcome to our podcast. Thank you for joining us today. I hope this message inspires you, encourages you, and transforms you, and that this is just the beginning of a conversation between you and Jesus. Enjoy the message. Good morning, Mosaic Church. Good to see you all. Happy Sunday. A uh, beautiful day today. Uh, I'm, I'm the youth pastor here. My name is Ryan. Uh, I just want to extend a warm welcome. If this is your first time, we're really happy you're here. And uh, yeah, we are, uh, we are a smaller community. And so just after the service, I want to encourage you just like, you know, feel free to talk to whoever. Uh, we're here for you. Uh, we, want, we want you to connect. Uh, so I want you to open your Bibles to Mark chapter 1 today. We're going to be continuing our series on looking at a week in the life of Jesus with a focus on what he did. Last week, we talked about the Sabbath and how it is for us, and it's from the Lord. And this week, we're going to talk about the practice of silence and solitude, as we just saw in the video. And I've kind of had an experience with this myself uh, back when I was a camp counselor, back in like you know, quite a few years ago, I was a counselor, and I had all these young campers, right? I was at an all-boys camp. This is up in Hinkley, Minnesota. It's called Camp Nathaniel, and it was awesome. Some of my favorite memories were there. It was a really time for me. It was a very uh, spiritually formative time. It was a time when the Lord really began to shape my soul, and it, it allowed me to grow into the person who God's calling me to be. It was both communal, but it was also God brought me deeper into himself, and it was really cool, but one of the ways this happened was through this little place at camp. It's called the gazebo, and I would go there in the mornings. I would wake up, and this is really the only time I had quiet time because, like, if you're a camp counselor, if you know what that is, you're busy all day. <laughs> there is no off point, right? Most people get really sick at the end of the summer because of this, <laughs> right? You're just really, like, you know, just super tapped out by, like, the fifth week, right? And especially if you're a third year, because, like, those people have cabins every week. And so you're dealing with these campers all the time. It's amazing. Praise God. I'm grateful for it. But, man, you get drained. And one of the ways that I tried to go against the grain of the drain was basically me getting away to be with God in the morning. I would go to this gazebo, and it'd be this place up, you know, and by the lake, I'd look at the river or the lake, and the, the fog would be rising off the water and the sunrise. How many of you ever experienced that? Isn't it awesome? It's just, there's nothing like it, you know? Like, my backyard is just not the same. <laughs> it just, it isn't. And that's just the reality of, of our world, and that's fine, right? That's why it's a sacred space. And so I loved it. it. God really blessed me there, and that's when I really began to just be alone with God rather than being with him in community. Because I, I, that's awesome, and that's really what we need. We need community, but this is a place where I was alone with him, and there's nothing like it. There's nothing like it. And so you got to have both, right? we got to have community, and we got to have silence and solitude. That's why I just want to start us off that way so we know uh, kind of where we're going. Have you ever heard the phrase, silence is golden? Right? Did your mom ever tell you that? My mom did. <laughs> you know, if you don't have anything good to say, don't say it at all, right? <laughs> you know, I, I've heard that many times. And the truth is, we are bombarded by so much noise and information, and our culture is on overload, Right? We have so much being put at us. We become distracted. We become confused. We have lack of clarity when it comes to God's call in our life, lack of clarity as to who we are as people, right? We lose, we lose a sense of who we really are. 
And the question is, is there a practice from the way of Jesus that would allow us to become centered again, that would allow us to become connected to God and actually other people? I've found that when I practice silence and solitude, I'm actually more connected to my brother or sister than when I don't. Isn't that interesting? That time away can actually bless your time with people. It really is true. And we see this in the life of Jesus. This isn't just a thing that we found in a book. This is something we see embodied in the word. And so, Mark chapter 1, let's pray together. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you that you are speaking and breathing on your word today, all these thousands of years later. And Lord, thank you that we can look at the pattern. When you came onto earth, when you became God incarnate, Emmanuel, Lord, we know that you lived in a way that we want to embody. So I pray that today, as we glance, as we land the plane and look at the word, I just pray, God, that we would get in you would impress upon us a desire to get away and be alone with you. I pray that you would give us a desire to know you more, which is the whole goal of everything we're talking about. I pray all this in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So Mark chapter one, and then we're gonna look at verse 35 today. It's kind of a shorter text. We're not reading through a long portion. Uh, Let's read together. And rising very early in the morning, while it was still dark, He departed and went out to a desolate place, and there he prayed. That's it. That's all. (laughs) All right, guys. Bless you. Have a great night. I'm kidding. (laughs) All blessings all around, right? No, no. Um, There's more to it than that. Um, We have a lot to unpack, but it's going to be great. Um, Silence. So the question is, before we jump into anything today we're going to talk about, the question is, what is silence and solitude? What is it? Well, I'd like to start a running definition, and we're going to unpack it and understand what that really means. Uh, Silence and solitude is where one withdraws to a lonely place to be with Jesus. It is both a place and a position of the heart. It is a place where you withdraw from the noise. It's a place of peace. It's a place where we get away from the noise to hear what? His voice. We get away from this, and we say yes to that. It's usually how life goes. We say yes to one thing and no to another. Silence and solitude are most, are most certainly connected. Uh, Richard Foster, he's a guy who wrote a really good book on the disciplines. I know, nod in your head. Yep, some of you guys know who Richard Foster is. He wrote a book called The Celebration of Discipline. If you have not read it, it is a really good book, a really good resource for you and your Christian life to know how to follow Jesus it's super good. He pulls on a lot of people from, who have wisdom from years of following God. And he writes on how the sages of the ages, which I just mentioned, that's my phrase. I like, you know, sages are old people. They're, they're usually not around anymore, but they follow God in a really amazing way, right? You've heard of Brother Lawrence, you know, Mother Teresa. There's different people who follow God. And he writes that all of these people that I just mentioned, they all speak of the two being together. So silence and solitude. They go together, they're, they're like peanut butter and jelly, coffee and donuts. I just think those, all those things go well together. If you disagree, that's fine. <laughs> Let's talk after. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> so that's kind of the difference, right? So we're going to go into a little bit of both. Uh, but to experience true solitude is to have inner silence. To experience true solitude is to have inner silence. Now we have to make a distinction between the two, because we have solitude, and then we have this phrase called isolation. How many of you heard that word? That's been a really common word in our culture today. We hear the word isolation all the time. In fact, I think a lot of us experience it, and we we haven't even put our finger on it, 
right? A lot of times there are things going on in our own soul, in our own lives. We don't understand we're going through something. I hope maybe God might use that today. Like, oh, that's me, right? I hope that's a word that you can, if that's you, we want to lead ourselves out of that, right? So one purpose for like isolation, we're escaping something. But in isolation, we're disconnected. In solitude, we're actually being connected. We are growing in connection. Isn't that interesting, right? Getting away is actually going to lead you to deeper connection, not actually away. But there's a difference, and the difference is in the purpose between the two. Isolation is disconnection. Silence and solitude is connection. <laughs> in the quiet place, we're entering into what John 15 calls abiding. I, would like, I also like to think of abiding as a conscious awareness of God's presence, right? It doesn't have to be this big, confusing thing. I think, you know, how many of you have heard of the term abiding, right? It's like, how do I abide? That's what I asked when I heard the word. I'm like, that's a cool word. I want that. Whatever that is, <laughs> sign me up. Show me where to go. You know, show me the practices that, you know, whatever. <laughs> Lead me down that path, God. And, and I think, you know, I've heard that word conscious awareness of God's presence. And so it doesn't have to be as complicated as we think. So that's abiding, right? Um, Richard Foster also writes on the practice of silence and solitude. He states that, quote, loneliness is inner emptiness. <laughs> solitude is inner fulfillment. Oh, yeah, that's good. <laughs> loneliness is inner emptiness, but solitude is inner fulfillment within the soul. It's deep. It resonates. Let me say it again. <laughs> I have that in my notes. <laughs> but I already said it again, so I don't need to say it again. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> <laughs> I had to, I had to. Um, so the past two years have been full of isolation, right? Pretty, pretty accurate. It has been the cause of many hardships. It proves the point that man was not meant to be alone. You and me were not meant to be alone. Genesis 1 and 2 speak of this. God did not design us for isolation. He designed us for intimacy. We see this in the Godhead at the beginning of creation, Genesis 1.26, let us make man in our own image. That's what God says. He says us. That's of multiple people, right? The Father, Son, the Holy Spirit. So there's a, there's a Trinitarian idea here. What does that mean? There's relationship. And out of that relationship, you and I came to be. And so that's a really good thing, right? You and I, God wanted to create us. Isn't that cool? We're not just, we're not just here on, you know, happen chance, right? God wanted to make us. It was his desire. It wasn't, he didn't do it begrudgingly right? This is good for our, for our identity to know that. So the key word is us, right? Let us make man in our own image. He created us for intimacy with himself and with other people. In silence and solitude, we are deepening our intimacy with the Father, and the way of Jesus challenges every personality type in some way. If you're an introvert, God might be calling us to step out into relationships more, real relationships where you are known and loved for who you are, for the extrovert, this might be a more of a challenge to get away and be alone where all the things come up in our soul, right? Just like the video said, we encounter things in silence and solitude, right? If you, if you have a current of anxiety in your soul, a lot of times that will be made aware to you in your mind in the quiet place. That happens to me sometimes. Or, you know, whatever it is, right? But the point is to connect with the Lord. And so either way, though isolation, we, through isolation, we can be running from something or in the crowds, we can be avoiding something. So there, we gotta, we gotta have both understanding, right? This isn't just a, an excuse to avoid people. We can't be avoiding people, right? And I know it's hard when we've had a hard day, we're hurt, there's a lot of things. That's not what I'm saying today. That's not the message. The message is actually about connection. Dietrich Bonhoeffner writes about the day together and the day alone. 
they go together, right? In the Christian life, there's, there's a time to be together and there's a time to be away. Just like Ecclesiastes, there's a time to keep silence and there's a time to speak. It says that, right, in Ecclesiastes 3. The whole point, there's a difference, and the enemy wants us disconnected from the body. He really does. Like, I, he really does. And I think um, he had a heyday when COVID hit. He really did. I just think so. That's just my thoughts. And there are... People have been doing good about it, right? A lot. There's ways to connect. God's kingdom is still moving forward no matter what's come across our nation. I really believe that. I believe that when the church is under pressure is when sometimes new things are birthed out. So I believe that God is still moving forward. That doesn't mean it's not hard. And so there's, a, there's two kinds of silence, right? So the enemy wants us to be dis- disconnected. But there's two kinds of silence. One is internal and one is external. One is around. There's an internal silence of the soul and there's an external silence. Richard Foster writes on the inward solitude. He states that solitude is visible through our ability to be alone freely. Your ability to just be alone freely. And some of you are like, I got that covered. <laughs> I don't need any help with that. And then there are some of us who have a hard time with that, right? And uh, I, I've wrestled with that too, like being alone for an extended period of time. Like it's easy to become restless, right? It allows us to work through things. So out, outward solitude is expressed in the life of Jesus through him withdrawing. And that leads us to our next flow of the message today. It's Jesus withdrew to the wilderness. You know, I've been talking about silence and solitude. Now the question is, where do we find this in God's word? Where do we actually see this, right? We want to we zone back into the life of Jesus. And we see this right in Mark 1.35. We'll look no further than to Jesus himself. Jesus demonstrated this in an out rhythm. He would be in the synagogue teaching a lot of people. He would healing, casting out demons like we saw last week, right? Right before the Sabbath. We see he entered immediately on the Sabbath and he was teaching and then he casts out a demon and he does all this stuff. He goes and heals. And then it says in rising very early in the morning. So that's our setup. So last week was a setup for today, right? Jesus just did a lot of stuff. He was, he was out, Right? A lot of us have different avenues in which we pour out. Right, It's kids, work, family. Ask the question, what's my out? And then you know, ask, what's your in? Because there's an in and out lifestyle that Jesus, uh, that Jesus shows us. So he'd be in, casting out. He, so he'd be um, in, casting out demons and teaching. And then he'd be out in the wilderness praying. So there's kind of two rhythms in the life of Jesus. He'd be with his close followers and friends too, Right? But that wasn't the only thing he did when he was alone. He would actually get away from them, too, <laughs> and go up a mountain, right? He would actually get away from them, too, even though they were the closest to him. And, uh, but I believe that the disciples saw a close part of Jesus' life. They would see him pray to the Father, like, especially the, the three, right? You know, I, I do believe that Jesus allowed them to be around him when he prayed, and that's really important for us, too, to allow others to be around us in our lives to see us pray, because I know that's, that grows my prayer life when I see my friend or my brother pray. That's really just a side note. But the, the context is that Jesus was doing all this stuff and then he would withdraw. And he, he demonstrates what I call the rhythm of retreat. It's a rhythm. So three things from Mark 1.35. Like some, just some observations. Jesus went out, number one, very early in the morning. You know, I don't know if you're a morning person or if you're an evening person. Some of you are shaking your heads. <laughs> you know, it just, it's, it just depends, but Jesus woke up and he went out early and I just think there's something about the morning time. I'm not saying this has to be you, but I really do believe there's something about the morning that's serene and that's still for you to get out and go away and just be alone. 
and that might not work for you. And I'm going to get into some of the, the ins and outs of what, maybe what could work for you. But number two, Jesus went out to a desolate place. And number three, he went out and prayed. So number one, he went out in the morning, the desolate place, and prayer. Those are like the three things that we see from Mark 135. So being driven into the lonely place was being driven to prayer for Jesus. It was not the place of escape, but the place of power. It was a place where he was rejuvenated. And the word desolate place can be translated in different ways. The Greek word is eremos, and this is the same word used out throughout the Gospels. It can be translated desert, deserted place, desolate place, solitary place, lonely place. Just a few different translations. You get the idea. The whole point is that he was alone. He was away. He was away from the noise. And there is a connection that you and I can only get when we are alone, right? When I'm alone with God or when I'm having a one-on-one conversation with someone. And this was after a big day on the job. Jesus had a big day. He was just drained at this point. Uh, There he prayed. That is key. Jesus went into the wilderness and he prayed. And not only did he do this, but he encouraged his disciples to do this too, which leads me to another passage uh, in Mark chapter 6. So if you just want to turn a few pages over, uh, this is kind of the feeding of the 5,000. And I think this is really important for us to just look at this. Verse 30, this is chapter 6. The apostles returned to Jesus and told him all they had done and taught. They just come back and they're like, hey, Jesus, we just did all this cool stuff. We taught, we healed people most likely. You know, they just run back to him. I just think Jesus was just such a loving rabbi, father. He's just like, hey, my disciples are back. And, you know, (laughs) Jesus is like, okay, get away for a while. (laughs) You know, like he just tells them to leave. Uh, But it's all for their good, right? That's Jesus that he's ushering out. But it's cool. He practiced it, but then he tells them to practice it. Let's look down at the next verse. And he said to them, come away by yourselves to a desolate place and rest a while. That's cool. For, for many were coming and going, and they had no leisure to eat. <laughs> In other words, there was a lot going on. They had no time to just sit down. They had just had a long journey. Some of us have had a long journey. Some of us have been running and running and running and running, and that's okay. God's with you. It doesn't mean he's not with you. It just means, like, maybe we need to slow down a little bit. Maybe we need to reorient our lives to take a rest. The context is the apostles were out. Jesus says, hey, I want you to come and rest So he does it, but then he encourages them to do it. And so he sends them off, and he encourages them to rest. Sometimes the more loving thing to do is to leave the room, the setting, to be away with the Father. And what do I mean by that? This is, uh, I think there's an unhealthy kind of thinking that we are more loving if we expend ourselves beyond our capacity until we're literally just laying on the floor and we have nothing to give. I don't think that's accurate. In fact, I've actually been encouraging the opposite from godly people that, it's actually important for you to take care of your soul. And the more loving thing to do is to leave the room and then come back. And, and I know that's not always possible, but I actually do believe we can control some of this, right? There's this weird thinking that, you know, you, you just have to totally forget about yourself. Just focus all on others. And that's going to be a tendency for me and my personality type to just kind of focus on other things and never, you know, you can forget your own soul, right? I think that's just a natural thing for all of us. So by loving yourself... Example, taking care of yourself, you are actually going to love others. Interesting. How are those connected, right? How can, you know, treating myself well, how is that going to love another person? Well, part of it is, you know, loving our neighbors as ourselves. That's the key. Jesus taught it, right? Jesus told his disciples to go away to a desolate place. He didn't say, you know, keep going until you really can't anymore. Now, he didn't say that. That was not his instruction. 
<laughs> he didn't say to keep running, running, running. And I think that's interesting, right? And he did it and he practiced it. I love that about Jesus. Um, I was on vacation a few weeks ago and I got pretty tired. <laughs> you know, vacations can be awesome, but they can also really suck the life out of you in some ways. Um, <laughs> but there's a weird thing. I just have, have not figured this out that as much as life is being taken from you, life is coming back into you and you're being filled with joy and rest, and it was amazing. I really felt that. It was a weird experience, right? Um, it's, it's a unique thing. I ended up deciding to get away for a little bit during vacation. I spent some time alone in silence and solitude. It was powerful. It was amazing. I came back refreshed and ready to go. If you were to ask my family, they'd be like, whoa, he changed. <laughs> you know, he, not, not that it was a huge difference, but like I just had a little bit more joy. I had more to give. I had more to say. I was engaging um, more, and, and that's the same for all of us. We were all tired, to, to be honest, but it just was important. I tried to do that, and when I got away, I didn't just sit there. I spent time in prayer. When I got away, I didn't just sit there. I spent time in prayer. That made the difference for me. That made, that made this whole thing, this whole silence and solitude, right, is not just to sit and be alone for the sake of being alone. It's to be with him. It's to connect with him. It's a rhythm in the life of Jesus. That's our end goal. That's where we want to land the plane in this whole practice. So the scriptures tell us to love our neighbors as ourselves. And when we become busy, it's a really good time to be in silence and solitude. It helps you recover your soul. It helps us rest. A lot of times I think we need, we think we need something else when in reality we just need time with the Lord. You know that feeling when the event in the gathering is over? You know, when everything's shut down, when everything wraps up, everything is picking up. This is kind of what's happening here. Jesus wrapped up the feeding of the 5,000, and now we're, we're going away. We're going to be away now for a while. The event is over. Jesus sends his disciples away. So that's one example. That's another example of this retreat that Jesus um, demonstrates for us, the rhythm of retreat. And Luke 5.16 is another example. I'm just going to turn there. Why not? Why not look at another example of this, this rhythm of the life of Jesus? I, I love searching the word and kind of looking at where's this theme uh, so Luke 5 16 you can turn there if you just want to go back and be like oh oh that's what he was saying okay uh, so verse 16 says but he would withdraw to desolate places and pray and right before that it says but now even more report went out about him and they went abroad and crowds gathered to hear him and to be healed of their infirmities so people are surrounding Jesus they're coming around him he's the person everybody's surrounding right and it makes sense he's the healer He's the teacher. He's the, you know, the place to be. But that doesn't mean, it says, but he withdrawed. <laughs> he doesn't mean he didn't heal people, but he would withdraw. And even though the demands on Jesus became a lot, that doesn't mean he gave up time in the secret place, right? A lot of times that can be a thing to go in our lives when we're busy. But actually Jesus shows us that he didn't, he didn't let that go. He's giving us an example, if that, right? So, we got to understand the purpose. His purpose was prayer. And there's a difference between isolation and solitude. Solitude is purposeful. He would connect with the Father. And great, great crowds were coming around him. They were just giving him a lot of pressure. And I think a lot of times it can be easy then to give in to that and, and, and all the needs and stuff. But Jesus knew that a part of his mission was to know him, to, to connect with the Father, right? Everything he did would come out of that intimacy with the Father. He would pray in the, the high priestly prayer in John 17, right? John 15 is this abiding principle. And Jesus taught, you know, apart from me, you can do nothing. So there's that another, this is a text in John where Jesus is telling his disciples, hey, abide in me, remain in me. So the crowds are coming around him. There's high demand. 
Busyness and high demand didn't take Jesus away from the wilderness, but led him to it. Think about this. A lot of times we get busy and everything in our life we say we're busy. And that's, that's true. I, I get busy. We all get busy. Busy is, is really common. But like you feel like our demands and our time and our attention are high, but rather than letting that be a hindrance to getting away with God, let's let that drive us to him. Let's, you know, maybe it's five minutes in the car ride. I don't know what that looks like for you, but I want to encourage you to start somewhere. That's the whole goal. So we're talking about the purpose. When it comes to the purpose, we got to understand the motive behind this. In, in Mark 1, in Mark 6, and Luke 5, it's clear that the, the wilderness was a place of prayer for Jesus. Prayer is conversation. If you're not familiar with prayer, I, I assume some of us are, but prayer is just this relationship with God. You're, you're asking him for things, but you're also giving him praise for who he is. So there's different parts of prayer. I think that's really important. I learned this like a few years ago, and it kind of just blew my mind. I'm like, whoa, it's not just about asking God for things. But it's being with him, it's telling him your heart, you're pouring out your soul before him. And so the purpose is connection. I think right out of the gate, we gotta understand the purpose to this ancient practice of silence and solitude. We gotta know why. Why, why, why? I like to ask that question sometimes, why, right? The reason is to connect with God. Jesus would withdraw and pray, and the text doesn't say he just withdrew and that was it. It told us that he was praying. I think the gospel writers were very specific in writing that. I do believe they wrote that to kind of knowing that hopefully someday people will be reading this letter. Isn't that interesting? Like the gospel writer just puts that in there. Luke does it, Mark does it, but he would withdraw and pray. You know, the scribes would write down these, these ancient letters, right, in the Greek or whatever language you're writing in. They would write this down. This is what was penned on, on the gospel. He would withdraw and pray. I think we can get so busy that we can forget our God-given identity. We can forget who we are as people, as maybe, you know, whatever that looks like for you. Some of us are so used to being so busy, we have lost sight of who we are. In the quiet place, we re-enter our God-given identity, that you're a child of God, you're not the sum of what you do, but you're, you're his child. You know, I think it's really a place of resting, you know? You're not merely what you give others, but you are, you're, you're his child first. That's starting point. That, man, if we can get the starting point we're gonna be launched into a different perspective. When Jesus, before he went out into his ministry, the father said, behold, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. And the dove descended on him and the pleasure of the father was on the son and this led to Jesus doing everything he did. He had the father's pleasure. And today I think we need to know that the Lord, he's speaking over us that, and it's not a weird thing. I know I, for, it took me a minute to grasp this, but it's true that the father had pleasure on the son and he's singing songs over us of, of he loves us. He loves us. And this is the starting point. This is where everything comes from this place. And so we begin there, but we don't stay there. Right? We begin there, but we don't stay there. So Jesus had the delight of the Father over his soul. And oh, man, that's a great place to start. <laughs> Knowing that you're loved. And it's a regrounding. And I just believe that in silence and solitude, we just, we, I just encourage you to just go through some identity verses, whatever you need to do to remind yourself, okay, I'm a child of God. I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. I am washed as white as snow. I'm a new creation. I've been bought with a purpose. I've been bought at a price. I've been made on purpose, for a purpose, right? You just kind of go through it. I'm the workmanship of God, created to do good works, right? So that's, that's a part of it. But I think as much as we want to connect with God, and there's a part of connecting with him that we get in silence and solitude, and what I'm going to kind of key on in, what I'm going to zone in on is the voice of God. Because in silence and solitude, we're shutting out other voices, 
and we're leaning into his voice. We're listening to him. Have you ever been in a room full of people and found it hard to hear anything anyone says? At a concert, you're trying to explain something to someone. It's kind of a pet peeve when someone's trying to talk to me and I can't hear them. And I'm like, just let's talk after. <laughs> you know, like, it'd be really good. I really want to hear what you're saying, but now's not the time. Timing. <laughs> um, so I just, I just feel that's a thing, right? But the reality is we live in a world full of voices, social media, movies, entertainment, books, and all sorts of people of all walks of life saying different things, all from their own experiences. All of these people are saying something, and if we are not careful, these things will begin to shape us. Silence and solitude provide a space where you can hear his voice. And what happens when you hear his voice? That's when your soul becomes formed. That's spiritual formation. That's the clay and the potter. That's where you become formed and through your father's voice, right? As you hear him speak to you, you begin to be shaped. And that's the whole goal. The rhythms allow us to partake in what we call spiritual formation, the formation of your soul to become like God for the sake of the world, to love, right? To become who he wants you to be. And one of the ways we hear God's voice is just through prayer, right? I mean, we can hear him in a worship song, but really when we're praying is oftentimes where we're in conversation and we listen to him. I think too much of our time in prayer can be us just talking to God, bringing our needs to him, rather than letting him speak to the needs that we already have because the Bible says he already knows our needs. Oh, that's confidence, right? That's where we enter into his throne of grace with boldness, right? It says in Hebrews. <laughs> That's our place. So, and, and Jesus even says, your father already knows what you need before you even ask. Don't be like the hypocrites. Don't use many words. And so that's just, this is a, this is a way to approach prayer. Um, so we can have confidence because he already knows, right? And so we can just let him speak to those needs. And it's not that you don't tell God your needs. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying there's a, you know, that's not the main thing. That's not the main thing we're doing. David did say, pour out your heart before the Lord. Like he did that. But there's a, there, you know, we have to balance it out, right? There's a place for both. So God wants us to bring him our needs, but this isn't the only goal of prayer. There's a thing called listening prayer. It's an idea where you're listening to God and you're, you're opening your mind. I know this is, it's scary, it's it can feel weird, um, it can feel awkward if you're not used to this. Like, am I just, just am I crazy? Like, <laughs> you know, you'll have thoughts going through your head, but the reality is God does speak in moments of stillness, and it's a discipline and you, you, the more you cultivate it, eventually, it's crazy. God will speak to you, and it happens. It does happen. You know, God speaks to all of us in different ways, but I mean, if, that's, if you haven't heard that concept before, like, God spoke to the prophets in the Old Testament. He spoke to people in the New Testament, right? This is something God does. It is actually in the Word. So it's not something that we need to be scared of. Don't be afraid of it. You know, your father loves you, right? And I, that's something I wrestled with when I first started hearing this concept of hearing God's voice. It's not something we have to be afraid of. It takes time, right? We work through it. And one of the things I want us to say, too, is God oftentimes confirms what community, um, God oftentimes speaks what community confirms. God speaks what community confirms. So that's why we want to be in a community group. That's why you want to be in a, in a place where you're able to connect with people. And you can share. It doesn't mean everyone in the group needs to know, maybe, Maybe you just share with, I think there's important, Pastor Eric talks about this, but having another person, you know, having another person you can talk to, at least one. I, I'd recommend multiple, like three or four if you can. But, you know, I, Ecclesiastes says there's a time to keep silent and there's a time to speak. There's a moment for both. And Richard Foster um, has a really good quote on this. I just want to read this over you guys just for you to kind of um, hear. Without silence, there is no solitude. Though silence sometimes involves the absence of speech, it always involves the act of listening. 
Simply to refrain from talking without a heart of listening to God is not silence. Whew, that's a heavy hitter. It's not just about, you know, it's not just about not talking. It's like, Lord, may the posture of my heart be leaning in. May the meditation of my heart be pleasing to you. Amen? The illust- so to, to, to kind of illustrate this, the health of a relationship depends on the ability for both parties to be able to listen. That's just true in your relationships that you have right now. You know what I mean? Like if you're not able, to, if your boss can't listen to you, but if you can't listen to your boss or your wife or your husband or your friend, it just isn't, it's not good. It just doesn't work, right? We have to be able to communicate. And I believe the health of our relationship with the Lord is us listening to him. And a part of that is in the word, but then a part of that is just being alone in, in silence, right? So I just want to highlight that. We hear him through his word, and this is the main place where I really believe we draw from him. But we got to get away. We got to sit and just hear and listen. Because oftentimes the Lord will speak verses over me. Like he'll bring a, a verse to mind, right? That's a really common way. So here's the thing. God wants to speak to us, but we need to tune in. Just like a radio, I can be driving my car, and the radio doesn't have to be playing, right? Just because the radio isn't turned up or turned on doesn't mean music isn't being broadcasted. But I can choose to turn it on and start playing the music or talk show. Two things, I need to both turn it on and turn it up. Silence turns on the power button to tune in the voice of God, and, and I, so that's solitude, and then silence turns up the volume of his voice. Just like the radio, God is always speaking, I believe. There are moments where maybe there's a silence, but I do believe he is speaking to us if we listen. It's our choice to tune in. Like most things, a yes to one thing means a no to another, In silence and solitude, we are saying no to noise and yes to his voice. In silence and solitude, we're saying no to noise and yes to his voice. Just like you say no to one thing is a yes to another. Silence and solitude is important for our souls to be reunited with the thoughts and hearts of God, like the heart of God. It's it's really where we become uh, aligned with his purpose and will. And we're, we're tuning out the world and other voices to listen to his. We're tuning out culture right? We're bombarded by all sorts of things with so many voices. There's so much going on. You just go on social media, right? right? I mean, there's all sorts of voices saying one thing. This person says that. This person says that. Friends, we're not going to be as rooted as we want to be as the people of God if we're not getting away. Because I'm telling you, you're not as rocked by stuff. I get it. Like, people will say stuff, and it can throw you for a little bit of a loop. That's okay. That's normal. But like, the goal is like we want to be rooted in his voice and his words so that we know, no, that's not from the Lord. That's not God. But here is a good perspective I have to, to bring to this situation or whatever, right? We want to be formed by his thoughts. So solitude, we're, we're being alone with God and we're, the purpose is to be alone and we're not alone in solitude though. <laughs> that's actually what you realize. You're not actually alone in it. You're actually with someone. You're with the king of kings, Right? You're with God in the moment of silence and solitude. You know, clarity over clutter, right? I want clarity. I don't want clutter. You know, you ever had your, your house, maybe your room? The, the, the truth is noise is everywhere. In silence and solitude, we take back our mental clarity and we give up mental clutter. We, we exchange one for the other. And over time, just like a house, clutter can collect. But before long, it's normal for us to walk into a mess we lack clarity when there is clutter. Silence and solitude is a way we clean our house and our minds and we regain clarity. I know I need more clarity and I believe that all of us could use more. It'd be great, right? Clarity of mind. Maybe you already have it and that's awesome, but this is for 
This is an invitation for you. So where there's clarity, there's usually simplicity. Simplicity is both outward and inward. I believe there's a simplicity of heart for me that when I draw near to God, I, I just have this simplicity of heart. You just draw back to this one thing that David says, Psalm 27, 4, one thing have I asked the Lord, one thing that I will seek after, that is to dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple, right, to one thing, you know, to sit at the feet, just like Mary and Martha, you know that story. I'm not gonna go into it. I referenced it last week, but there's a simplicity of heart. So it's both with your money, time, just like Pastor Eric talked about, all these other things, but it's in the heart, and I believe in silence and solitude, simplicity happens in your heart. And the passage talks about guarding our steps to the house of God in Ecclesiastes 5, right? So not being hasty to utter words, and it's not to be afraid, but right, as we approach his throne, we both know he's our friend, our, our lover, our father, but we also know that he is God on the throne, and, and so there's a healthy reverence and respect. And I think that's what Ecclesiastes 5, it's not to, to, to bring fear, but there's a healthy fear of the Lord when we come before his throne. This is a good reminder. So our digital age is uh, an enemy to silence and solitude. I just really think it is. Do you own your phone or does your phone own you? I think some of us need to give up our need to be on our phones. It's an addiction that functions as a distraction from the realization of God's loving presence. He loves it. I believe the enemy loves it when we're on our phones in a slow moment, when there's nothing going on. I just actually believe like he's like, I won. I, you know, I'm, I'm distracting you from, from maybe getting a breath of fresh air, right? He wants to wear us down. And I'm not saying that being on your phone is wrong. And sometimes you need to be on it in quiet moments. There's something you need to take care of. You're gonna be loving others by doing that. But I do believe that when there's no purpose at all and we're just on there, and this isn't to shame, this isn't to bring up any shame, this is just to invite you into a deeper like, connection with God, right? Quiet moments of boredom are actually portals of prayer. That's what one book I was reading. That's like, it's a portal to prayer. Isn't that cool? Isn't that a cool idea? You, you know what a portal is, right? It's an it's a entrance point. And so we can take our moments of silence as an entrance point into prayer. We want to enter in. We want to go into the throne, the Holy of Holies. We have access to that in our, you know, because of the blood, we have access to the throne of grace, right? Whereas in the Old Testament, they couldn't enter into the, you know, any, just not anybody could enter in. But now you and I can enter in because we have boldness before the throne of grace because of his blood, right? We boast in the blood, not in what we've done. Just a side, like, gospel note, right? As we're approaching him, we got to know the confidence that we have. We're not orphans. We're, we're actually sons and daughters of the king. So lonely place is an invitation for prayer. And in silence and solitude, we actually, and, and to, to kind of second that, like the latest post on social media, a text message or news updates, intimacy is invaded. Oh, man, all these other voices, right? You ever just been trying to connect to somebody, but there's stuff bugging you, or there's, you're getting text messages, calls, like, there's interruptions. I just believe our world does that. And that's why I believe Jesus went away is because that's where he could connect the best. It's not like a law, but I actually just believe it's a pattern that we can follow, right? Getting away is just gonna help you in the long run, I believe. So we pursue silence and solitude for direction. There's so many voices, right? This is my kind of second thing. There's so many voices, but God, I believe, wants to speak to each of us individually. And in the abundance of counselors, there is safety. I do believe that. That's what, that's what um, Proverbs says. But I do believe that when we just rely on other people's voices, we can actually maybe miss here. Because, like, God wants to speak to you too. <laughs> After all, it's probably about your life, right? Like, of course, he wants to talk to you specifically, and he'll do that through people. He does that to me a lot. He'll speak to me through people. 
But God knows you best, and I just want to encourage you that, like, you know, God does want to speak to us. And so we test it with community, right? We bring it into, so we hear from God, and then we bring it to community, and it's a both and. It's not just community, but it's not just me being alone, right? That's why I just want us to have that in our minds, right? It's, just, it's both and. So a lot of moments in the Old Testament, God speaks to people when they're alone, right? The Lord spoke directly to Moses when he was on the mountain. The Lord gave direction to Elijah in the cave when he was running for his life in 1 Kings um, 19. So there's moments when we're alone that God speaks to us. We tune in to him. The wilderness is also a place of preparation. Jesus was prepared before he inaugurated his ministry, before he jumped in. As you're preparing for something, just a thought, getting away can be really helpful before and after. Jesus demonstrated this before the big moments and after the big moments. The, 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 the preparation, right? There's a very, like a, there's a very preparatory nature to the wilderness. It prepares someone, right? David even fought lions and bears in the wilderness before he took on Goliath. He already had his trust built in God before he went out into doing what he had called, been called to do. Like there were lions and bears, and I just believe sometimes in life we're going to have lions and bears, and sometimes there are preparations for other things, other giants, other things that we might encounter in our lives. And just that doesn't mean just personal, it could just be in general. So we fight off those other things, and it can lead us to other battles, right? And so there's a training aspect of the, of the wilderness. David even says, you've trained my hands with the, to, bend the bron- to bend a bow of bronze, right? David says that, you've trained my hands for war. He's speaking to God. God has trained him. And he's like, the Lord delivered me from the bear, right? There was a bear that probably attacked one of his sheep or whatever, and God delivered from that, so his trust was built. It's not that David did all the, the winning. It, David wasn't the man, you know, to be glorified, but the Lord gave him the victory, and the same thing with David and Goliath. The Lord gave him victory, and so there's, right, to, to kind of zone in, there's preparation in the wilderness, right? So to kind of close out, I just want to give us a few practical tips you know, how can we actually put this in our life? How can we instill this into the fabric of your, your day, uh, whatever you do? The reality is this will look different for everyone. The goal is to start to take those quiet moments of calm and turn them into what John Mark calls portals of prayer, right? To turn those little moments. That's the whole idea of this thing I'm, ta- I'm, I'm bringing up right now. The quiet moments can become moments of connection. Quiet moments of, bo- of boredom, right, where you're not sure what to do. We are easily distracted from the reality of God's presence. And this is a time where we re-enter that, that awareness. And it's not something that's super hard, right? It's just like, oh, a way I like to do it, I just like to thank God. I'm just like, thank you, Lord, for the sunshine. God's presence is all around us in creation. And so, you know, Psalm 100 says we enter his gates with thanksgiving. And so I just want to encourage you to, like, give thanks to God as a way of entering his presence. If you need a tangible thing, that's one way I would do it. I would encourage you with that. Thanksgiving is a really big way. We see that in the Old Testament. So that's how we enter in. And abiding is simply connection with the Father. I can only go so deep with someone in a group, and in the same way, we can only go so far with the Lord on a Sunday. But the disciplines are meant to be implemented into every area of your life. The disciplines are invitations to intimacy. Invitations to intimacy. Intimacy, connection, whatever word you want to put there. It's an invitation to connection with the Father, right? It's not meant to be some begrudging thing. It's gonna lead you deeper. It's all unto him. The goal is not just to become a good person or to compete with another person. It's all about him. That is the ground level to the practices of Jesus. It's not a competition. They lead us to him, which is connection, and then to spiritual formation. 
connection, spiritual formation, they in, they're flowing throughout each other. And each of us have moments in our days where we're quiet. I really do believe that. There are moments in your day where you're quiet, where you don't have much going on. Maybe, maybe it's before the kids wake up. Maybe it's the drive to work. Maybe it's before bed. Or maybe it's at work. Maybe you have quiet moments there too. Whatever moments you find, I just want to encourage you, start there. Some of you might find silence and solitude in a coffee shop. Like, I mean, as ironic as it is, that might be a place where you actually connect with God, and that's awesome. But the point is that there's an inner silence, there's an inner solitude, right? There's an inner connection. There's a, a resting of the, the, your, your heart, right? I, really, I literally feel that sometimes where I'm like, my heart is all of a sudden rested, and I'm aware of everything else around me. You know, just when it's easy to just become so focused on, on inward. So number one, little moments. Number two is place. I would suggest going somewhere that isn't crowded, like a lake, a park, a cabin, anywhere you'd be able to find rest alone. Find a place where you can rest. I remember working at Camp Nathaniel, right? I went there. I went away to be with God in the morning. That's a great way. Um, but like, so maybe it's a lake. Maybe it's a walk. Maybe it's just your neighborhood. It doesn't have to be complicated, guys. This doesn't have to be super hard. Um, and I, that's to encourage you that, you know, it's, it starts small and then grow from there. But for me, I needed it to be purposeful. And that was to connect with God. That was to, to pray, right? This isn't just to be alone, to recharge for introverts. This is a time to connect with the Father. Although that is a benefit, I will say. That is a benefit, right? If you're drained, if you've been wiped from a long day. So number three, time. I've talked about little moments. I've talked about a place and then time. This is all kind of from Mark. There's something when you, ha- this is something you're gonna have to discern for yourself. I like early mornings. When COVID hit, I started to wake up and I grab coffee and I would like walk around Central Park and Maple Grove. If you've ever been there, it's a really cool spot. But I would go there in the morning before everything would start. And I did this a couple mornings a week, usually once or twice. And I think, I think the mornings are great if possible. It could just be like a five minute walk before you close the day out, before you go to bed. It really, it really can be any time, but the goal is to pick a time, right? The goal is to find time. So it could be a part of your bedtime routine, you know, whatever it is, but the goal is to connect with God, right, to hear his voice, to find direction, and to recenter your soul on God, right? That's the whole point. That's the purpose. And so I hope what I encouraged you with today is, is going to be helpful in your life with God that you enter into this rhythm. And remember, they're invitations to knowing the Father and to becoming formed to be like him. Will you accept the invitation to the wilderness? Let's bow our heads and pray. God, thank you that you gave us, uh, you, you gave us opportunities, Lord, and you give us opportunities to connect with you. Lord, I just pray that you would like stir in our hearts this desire to know you more, to be um, filled with your presence, God. I pray that, uh, that we would just grow in our awareness of your presence. I pray that we would enter into thanksgiving, God, even as we worship, Lord, that we would just enter into your presence, God, and that I also just thank you for the disciplines, Lord, that there are ways that we can draw near to you, and I just pray that today, each and every person here, Lord, maybe there's someone here that doesn't know you, I just pray that they would take that step, and God, I just pray ultimately that your will be done in our hearts and our lives today in our community. Thank you that this practice is actually going to lead us to deeper fellowship with one another, that it's actually gonna benefit our lives all around. I just thank you for your presence. I thank you for everybody who came today. 
Thank you, Lord, that you love us and you're for us. Empower us today in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for joining us on the Mosaic Maple Grove podcast. I wanna encourage you to take the message you just received and allow it to go deeply into your soul. Let Jesus do the deep work that only he can do. A special thank you to everyone who gives to Mosaic Maple Grove. Your generosity allows this message to go out into the world. You can be a part of the Mosaic Tribe by going to mymosaicchurch.com. You can also subscribe, rate, and share this podcast with your friends and family. Thanks again for listening. Grace and peace, my friends.